Hi. Hello. I am Arissa. I am a teen librarian. Hello. I am Mary. I am also a teen librarian. And we are here to talk about books. What kind of books? Young adult, middle grade, graphic novels, audiobooks, LGBTQ+, and more. Come jam with us. On the book jam. Uh, also, if you want to follow us on our socials, we are the Book Jam One on both Twitter and Instagram, and we also have a Gmail, which is the Book Jam One. If you want to email us a question, so we will answer those questions. Or if you're a publisher and you're like, "Hey, we want to give you free books because we'll talk about them." So, Marissa, what's going on in your neck of the woods? It's summer. There's heat waves. It's hot, and when it's summertime, where do we go, Mary? We go to the library, which hopefully has air conditioning. I just have air conditioning. I'm so excited. But yes, but if you were a kid, if you were a teenager, what's a super summer trope that a place that you're going to be sent to? So I'm really excited about this one because I did this. I went to summer camp. (laughs) I went to sleepaway camp. It was a week. I wish it was a month because it would have been great. But yeah, summer camp was the absolute best growing up. I went to Camp Listen, which was a Methodist youth camp. My brother was a camp counselor there, and I'm actually still friends with some of the people that were my counselors and my uh, my cabin mates. Like one of my really good friends that one I met at summer camp, we actually went to college together and we were roommates, and she is the absolute best. You're living the dream. I am. It was really cool, um, and I'm, I really, really cherish those memories. They were so great. I got my first crushes on girls at summer camp. <laughs> I didn't get my first kiss at summer camp because I was very shy and very mm. not out. could not handle it to go on creek hikes and there was all kinds of shenanigans because liability laws were not what they were in the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> Let them do whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I went to summer camp in the late 80s, early 90s. And my brother had gone all through the 80s and then was a camp counselor and really was kind of like the Bill Murray counselor for meatballs. Like he oh, did goodness. so many shenanigans and then when he stopped being a counselor, I went like one more year and then like a camp prank had happened and everybody thought it was me and it wasn't me because I, I had inspired the camp prank, but I Ooh. actually had nothing to do with it. I was on camp out that night because I'm smart like that. Nice. Get, establish your alibi whenever there's a prank just to make sure you're accounted for. Oh, Totally. Did you go to summer camp? I went to summer camp, but it was only day camp, never a sleepaway. That's not the same. Not I the know same. it's not the same. But so, yeah, I never actually went. There was one, the one time I did a one night Girl Scout camp out overnight. I didn't enjoy it because mosquitoes like to feast on me. They find me a rare delicacy. <laughs> and I remember I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to go to like the outhouse and we had to walk the whole path and come back. And I remember waking up in the morning being like, wow, I'm really itchy. And I had 13 mosquito bites on my forehead in the same spot. And I was like, what? Just greedy little jerk wanted to just go to town. So yeah, that was my one night camp overnight. No, in my defense, I also was a camp counselor in the mid to late 90s early 2000s so I have like the YA novel of the other side of it of like all the shenanigans of camp counselors and yes I even went to some of the parties where the camp counselor people were shenanigans shenanigans happened on the camp counselor part was that a sleepaway camp no that was still the, a day camp it's again it's not the same there's this whole like level of like irresponsibility that comes with summer camp that's so that sleepaway camp Um, in charge (laughs) i will tell you a great story that my brother pulled uh since it was a methodist camp we had church services fun and there was always like a big communion at the end of the week again i am from georgia one of the special interests you could take was creative baking (laughs) it's yeah and so they would always make the communion bread for communion (laughs) and so he got the creative baking group to sneak in chocolate chips and the communion bread and so when the camp director who did the whole like communion was very theatrical of breaking the bread. And when he did it, like they stuffed it with, with like chocolate chips, chocolate chips just rained down. And my brother got in so much trouble for ruining communion, which I thought was hilarious. So yeah, that is like one of like the minor things. <laughs> there were so many shenanigans. Like the, that's the thing about summer camp. Like this was also before cell phones and stuff. And I think it's great too. In my book, they take away your cell phone for the whole summer. Yes. So you get up to stuff when you don't have something constantly distracting you and you have to make your own fun. You do. Which is part of the camp experience. So why don't you talk about your book? I would love to. Okay. So my book, I almost wrote a different book, but I 
there was one I've been had I had my eye on to read and it's super popular and I couldn't even get the audio book of it because it's like on six months hold for our e-audio but it is You Have a Match by Emma Lord it is her second book after Tweet Cute, which is kind of um, a rom-com debut where like you have the overachiever girl, the prankster kid, and that's a cute rom-com love story of pranks and also a stolen grilled cheese recipe. So that's her first book. This is her follow-up. You have a match. And I know it was at camp because it has a cute cover. It's one of those kind of slightly abstracted covers where it's very simplistic and there's two kids on a kayak one girl's got a camera cameras are a big deal mm-hmm. so this is my book it was published in january 12 2021 i'm gonna say this book is for grades eight plus there is a little discrepancy kirkus says it's for age 12 book review says it's for grade nine plus i'm gonna split the difference and i think a grade eight kid could totally handle it i'll explain the book summary and then we'll get into some content warnings that are pretty mild The publisher is Wednesday Books. We love Wednesday Books. Thank you so much for sending that. So our publisher says, when Abby signs up for a DNA service, it's mainly to give her friend and secret love interest, Leo, a nudge. After all, she knows who she is already. Avid photographer, injury-prone tree climber, best friend to Leo and Connie. Although ever since the BEI, big embarrassing incident with Leo, things have been awkward on that front but she didn't know that she's a younger sister. When the DNA service reveals Abby has a secret sister, shimmery haired Instagram star Savannah Tully, it's hard to believe they're from the same planet. Never mind the same parents, especially considering Savannah, queen of green smoothies, is only a year and a half older than Abby herself. The logical course of action? Meet up at summer camp, obviously, and figure out why Abby's parents gave Savvy up for adoption there, of course, are complications. Savvy is a rigid rule follower and total narc. Leo is the camp's co-chef, putting Abby's growing feelings for him on blast, and her parents have a secret that threatens to unravel everything. But part of life is showing up, leaning in, and learning to fit all your awkward pieces together, because sometimes the hardest things can also be the best ones. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, but that has my interest peaked. So, what did you like about this book? Exactly. I will say that content warnings, uh, there is a death off page of a grandparent and there is um, some cursing, which is why I said grade eight. There's no sexual situations. So you could even give it down to a seventh grader as long as you are a parent or the kid's going to be cool with cursing. Because honestly, it's stuff that the kids are probably saying behind your back anyway, parents. Nothing too earth shattering. What is the book about? This book, for good or for bad, is about a lot of things. It is... It is about camp because most of it actually happens at camp, but you got to have the setup and you have a lot of the other parts. So it's not a strictly camp book and that it's 100% on camp grounds. So it's a little bit of cheating. It went a lot of places. It did. It, 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 she encompassed a lot of things. And I think she was overall successful doing it. Sometimes I felt like there's a ball of yarn that we're tossing between two kittens. And so the subplot might have gotten forgotten a little bit. That subplot kitten is like, where did that kitten go? Oh, wait, let's bounce it back there. That's a really good metaphor. I'm going to stand by that. I'm not editing that out. So we have a girl who's totally fine with her life. She is, as far as she knows, the oldest of four kids. She has three younger brothers. She, I, lo- I love our main character, actually. She's kind of a mess. Her name's Abby, and she only did the DNA test for her bestie, Leo, who obviously she's crushing on. She's an impetuous person. She's the one that's not afraid to fall, climb and fall and like get that. She has a lot of scars, which Leo always catalogs like what they're from. She just does without thinking. And she has some feelings of insecurity a little bit that she's not what her parents want. She's a challenging kid and that she's active, but of course they love her. But when you find out you have a secret sister who is not just one of your parents' DNA, it's actually both of her parents, which they decide to meet up secretly. And of course their answer is to like sort of do a weird reverse uh, parent trap and like, let's go to camp. She's like, I'm going to be a counselor, Savvy. Come to this camp. And of course, by the way, there's a camp rename. So Leo, her crush, best friend, he's there as well. How can you? So we have the stage set. (laughs) <laughs> you're you're in now you're like okay and i will say abby is not into camp at all she's never slept away from her parents ever um she was very heavily raised by her her grandfather whose wife had passed away before abby was born 
And so she's grieving so much for the loss of him from right before her junior year. Now it's the end of her junior year. Oh, by the way, she's supposed to go to summer school and she just does a really good heist of like hacking all the mailbox and emails and everything ever. That's a secret that's going to blow up later is that she has to go to a session of summer school and she's going to camp instead. Um, I know. So I was like, okay, hacker, but she is an avid photographer, but she doesn't like to show her pictures to anybody. So we have the creative spirit and her parents are also selling this coffee shop that her grandpa used to own. By the way, Poppy is her grandpa. For a long time in the beginning, I was a little unclear about who Poppy was because Poppy could be a quirky girl's name. It could be your aunt. Like I just wasn't sure. So that's one little note of like, Poppy is who now? Um, But eventually you figure out with context clues and then it becomes super clear. This book is a camp book. Abby is your most hesitant camper. Savvy is the spandex wearing like Instagrammer that has a slick ponytail. They are complete opposites. And eventually over the course of the book, can they find common interests? Eventually. It's a rocky road. And again, the the narrative kind of volleys back and forth between is the focus a rom-com? Is it sisters finding common ground? Is it feelings of inadequacy about now knowing that you have a perfect, a perfect air quote sibling that got adapted by rich parents who is super smart, has like, is, she's an Instagrammer, but she has a huge following that girls at the camp are Savvy's like fans. They're like, oh my God, Savvy's here. Oh my God. Oh my God. But there are breakthroughs that happen because Abby, as much as she's always like, I'm leaving camp tomorrow. She keeps saying that she actually finds her place at camp and that that's part of the camp spirit that I really was drawn to in this book is that she made friends with some of Savvy's followers that eventually became a little more independent and they each got more uh, unique characteristics. And she really enjoyed the small part of camp life that she, she delved into. Also, I will say this seems a little unrealistic, but maybe I'm old and I don't get it, but this was especially remade camp. That's not just camp camp. It's, you could do this, the um, ACT, you know, you could do the SAT prep, which is what she's in. So like five hours of the day, you're SAT prepping and then you can have camp. That sounds horrible. It does sound horrible. That does not sound like camp to me, but maybe in this modern world, that's like a camp that could exist. And maybe our teen listeners are like, oh, that's totally a thing. I've been there. Yeah. Let us know if that's really a thing. Also, I am so sorry if it is. Like, I just, I know. For me personally, I feel like we often put too much pressure on our teens um, yes. to achieve. And like, summer is a time where if they want to go like to summer camp or be a counselor or like, go hike the Appalachian Trail with their friends or like, spend it on the lake or do their first summer job or just like, just be a kid, read books by the beach. I just don't feel like you should worry about school. I mean, yeah, you have to do your summer reading book, but usually it's just a book, right? Yeah. I just want, I want kids to have space to explore who they want to be and who, what things they want to do and find out what they like. Or if they know the things, do those things. It's a real trend. So hopefully, I hope this camp is super fictitious and it doesn't exist somewhere in real life. But I'm sure it does somewhere. But and also she's in uh, the Seattle area. So she's super into wildlife photography. That's her secret thing. So on the multiple narrative volleys, she eventually has to learn to like accept who she is and be proud of it. There is only the hints of a love triangle. They don't fully develop it. So if you're not into that, I totally get it. It is a pretty straight narrative story, but I will say, and this is one of the small things that I loved about this book, is that her her sister, uh, Savvy, the oldest daughter, is a lesbian. And I love how it's not a big deal at all that she's a lesbian. There's no hate. There's no homophobia. There's no coming out stories. It's just she's already out and it's her Instagram and it's not even the focus of her Instagram. It's just part of her. It's so beautiful. If you want a book where the world is that it's fine, you can be out and just live your life and it's not a coming out story. That was a nice subplot to this one. It's an intro to camp kind of story. If you're into rom-coms, you got that. If you're into self-discovery, you got that. If you're into like the funny camp situations, you got some of that too. For some of the moments that I really loved, one that happened towards the end, it's a Sailor Moon reference that was just dropped in with no like warning. Somebody threw a rose at, uh, a character oh. and somebody oh my oh god my and someone's like are you tuxedo masking me and i was like oh my god they're referencing tuxedo mask and it was a small like two or three sentences so anytime you can just throw that in as a gift a breadcrumb for me that's just like oh yes 
I, it, it just made me so happy. And it was in the wrap up part of the book. And is it perfect? No, it's complicated. So if I explain the whole plot to you of this and the that, no spoilers, you'd be like, wait, what? It's very complicated, but it's fun. You have a messy main character who eventually learns to appreciate herself and appreciate that her sister, who is a complete opposite from her, they actually have a lot of common ground. Um, but it was a, it's a fun book. Things happen. And one other thing I definitely wanted to mention is that Leo, her romantic interest that she's trying to like kill this crush energy, mm -hmm. since again, the BEI, the big embarrassing incident, is that he is a kid that is uh, adopted into a family in the Seattle area. And he is of Filipino heritage. And it's assumed that it's a white family that adopted him. I did appreciate that the romantic interest was an Asian character, because usually we don't get um, an Asian character as a romantic lead. So even though I kind of wish they maybe got his perspective a little bit more, there's something in there for everybody with like best friend drama, sister drama, family secrets. You got stuff in here. It's fun. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like an older version, but not of Two Night Owl from Dogfish by oh, Holly Goldberg Sloan. I love Remember that how that's like the gay parents or the gay separate dads and the yeah. girls get to the camp to make them get along, but then they try to break them up, get together, break them up, get together. So this is like a reverse double parent trap book that is You Have a Match. So if you're intrigued, please read Emma Lord's You Have a Match. Mary, thoughts, comments, questions, concerns? Uh, no, that sounds really good. Although I never say that sounds really bad because no. I, I don't, I don't love the whole SAT prop of that camp, but the rest of the plot sounds pretty cool. Like that's a lot for one book. That sounds like she pulled it off. I think she did. Honestly, it was fun. Okay. It's campy in the sense of it's not a full camp book, but I have a feeling that your book is full immersive camp, a hundred percent overnight. Oh, my book's very over the top, but I'm here for it. Ooh, please tell me, what is your book? So my book is Camp by Elsie Rosen. Um, he also goes by Lev Rosen. Uh, if you read um, Jack of All Trades, that was, I believe, his debut. So and part of the reason I wanted to talk about summer camp books, uh, well, actually, I switched my selection because I realized I had picked a book that was not in our LGBT or BioPC, like, intersectional like world, right? We're trying to highlight these books that have like diverse characters and diverse issues. I switched to this one and I'm glad I did because this one has been on my to be read list since last year. This yes. is a book that some of y'all might have missed because our libraries were shut down when it came out. Camp came out in May of 2020. The paperback actually just dropped. There's supposedly some extra stuff in it, but I don't know what that is. Ooh. Yeah, like I... I there's in, on his Twitter profile, his, his penned tweet says like, oh, it has extra stuff. And I'm like, what is that? So like, <laughs> I'll have to go flip through that. So my intended grade level is like nine and up. So my book was published by Little Brown Books for Young Readers. Uh, the camp they go to, Camp Outland. Lev Rosin has a link on his Twitter profile. Uh, they're selling t-shirts for the camp. <laughs> it's super cute. You can get tank tops, you can get t-shirts or baseball jerseys. It's pretty cool. I, I, I love a good camp shirt. <laughs> I just want to go to summer camp again as an adult. I so, get this feeling. I, I get this thesis statement. It's like the most fun. I love it. So uh, this book was also a Lambda Award finalist. Uh, it's a Day Show Best Book, a Forbes Best Book, and an ALA Rainbow List Top 10 selection. Um, so 16-year-old Randy Kappelhoff loves spending the summer at Camp Outland, a camp for queer teens. It's where he met his best friends. It's where he takes to the stage in the big musical. It is where he fell for Hudson Aronson Lim, who's only into straight acting guys and barely knows not at all straight acting Randy even exists. Like he's not on his radar. This year, however, it's going to be different because Randy has reinvented himself as Dell, buff, masculine, and on the market. Even if it means giving up show tunes, nail polish, and his unicorn bed sheets, he's determined to get Hudson to fall for him. But as he and Hudson grow closer, Randy has to ask himself, how much is he willing to change for love? And is it really love anyway if Hudson doesn't know who he truly is? God, I love this book. So <laughs> that's the publisher description. Content warnings. There is a frank talk of sexuality and sexual situations. Okay. This is a camp with a bunch of horny teenagers. It's middle school all through high school. But you mainly only see the older kids because, like, it's only Randy's peer group that he's really kind of interacting with. 
like apparently he's been with the same kids in the same cabin for like the past like three years and they're all around 16 17 there is gay sex that happens because it's summer camp uh there is a homophobia that happens as well as internalized homophobia okay so that is and i think anytime you have a have a gay book that's young adult well even in a regular situation unless it's some type of fantasy world where like it's okay to be gay, it's going to happen One of the things you have to also understand about the main character is that he's not really out at school. He's out to like his parents and a few select friends. Um, But Randy goes to a small town school in Ohio and there's not even a GSA. He's not, he's like, I'm sure there are other gay kids at my school, but I don't, but they're probably just out to like maybe a couple of their friends. But like, he's kind of more of a standout queer because he does wear nail polish and he is a drama kid. <laughs> he's very theatrical, um, but he's like, this is who I am. For him to go from like this full trans trans um, mutation to show tunes and jazz hands to, hey, what's up? <laughs> One of the things that cracks me up is like his two best friends from summer camp are his two best friends ever. So there's George, who's of Middle Eastern descent, lives in New York City. He's like described as like this stocky kid and George has grown like body hair over the year. And so all of a sudden there's some of the, some of the bro boys are like, Hey, Hey George. Hey, what's up? And he's like, I swear to God, all I did was grow chest hair and everybody wants to be with me, whatever. <laughs> and he has a fan and like he and Randy are known for snapping their fans, like when they're hot, but also for emphasis. Yes. And I'm just like, I have some friends of mine that kind of do this and I love it. Like, then his other best friend, Ashley, is this demisexual lesbian with, like, a side shape. Ooh, nice. Who is the tech kid in their theater camp. George, obviously, is an actor, as is Randy. Mm-hmm. But, like, but Ashley does all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And they are such great friends. They go, they, they have been informed about this whole Dell project for the whole year. So, okay. Randy has cut weight. He's worked out. He's buff. He even, um, they make, was it, I think it's Ashley or George, one of the two, is like, yeah, you even, like, pitch your voice lower when you talk to Hudson. Like, oh. it's like you're, it's like you're, you're playing a bro on TV or something. He had longer hair, and he cut his hair short, and he's not wearing fingernail polish anymore. It's just, like, okay. And so they're just like, you know what? You want to try and do this disaster of a rom-com scenario? We'll support you in it. We're still going to make fun of you, but we'll support you and we'll call you Dell. Um, and they actually tell everybody else in the camp, like, no, yeah, we know it's Randy. And yeah, but like Hudson doesn't know it's Randy. He thinks it's Dell. So just go by Dell. And like, even like Hudson's best friend, Brad's like, Randy, what's up? He's like, I go by Dell now. And he's like, okay. And then George and Brad start being a thing at one point And like, okay. yeah, it's pretty cute. Like, George is like, it's Dell now. Just go by that and we'll tell you what's there. And he's like, oh, okay. What is going on? So let me just read the first paragraph because I think it's it kind of sets the stage because part of what makes this for me so great is not only like this rom-com that we're getting throughout of it, but the, all of the background stuff that kind of comes in and informs this camp. So the smell wraps around me like a reunion between old friends when I step off the bus. That dark soil smell, but mixed with something whiter, something green that immediately makes me think of leaves and rain or trees in the wind. And I love this smell. I love it every summer. It's the smell of freedom. Not that stupid kayaking shirtless in a Niagara commercial freedom. That's for straight people. This is different. It's the who cares if your wrists are loose freedom. The freedom from having two seniors that table um, from the table over joke about something being so gay at lunch. He's the several tables are set out next to the parking lot, a big banner hanging over them. Welcome to Camp Outland. So he can be his complete gay self like he doesn't have to like pull himself back and i think if you are in a situation where like you can just be yourself in public and it's awesome that's great but there are a lot of people across the country that live in conservative areas i know i grew up in one how you dress like it makes you a target how you talk what you talk like all these things the things that you love like and so you kind of like I wouldn't say you straighten yourself up but you definitely like maybe tuck some parts away of, of yourself a way to kind of just get through life. But here at Camp Outland, Randy can be as fabulous as he wants to be, except for this year, because he's actually kind of hiding part of himself so Hudson will like him. And Hudson falls for it. But the kicker is Hudson's also lying to Randy, because as Dell, he tells him that, like, oh, yeah, I'm new here. (laughs) (laughs) And so can you show me around? 
Hudson's like, oh, yeah, I'll totally show you around. So, like, and he knows, like, all the moves that Hudson does to all the other boys. And yeah. he's just waiting. And he's never actually, you know, Hudson has never hit on any of his friends because they're all, like, a little bit more effeminate. They're probably more into theater and, like, the drag scene and, and whatnot. Yeah. He's more, like, he's in for it. Like, they find some of the chapters, like, will flashback to the year before. Um, so you kind of get some more background story. And, like, one of the things is, like, um, George and Ashley and Randy were looking at um, his Hudson's, like, boy dating profile. And it's, like, mask for mask. And so that's when he gets the idea, like, I'm going to be butch. And George is, like, oh, honey. Yeah. But it's, like, so funny watching them try and do this. But Hudson also lies because Hudson is known as, like, the player of the group. So he always mm-hmm. has, like, at least two boyfriends. He dates them for two weeks and then that's it. Um, and goes to the next one because camp runs for four weeks. And so with that, um, like on their first night, he's walking them around. I think it's before they go to dinner and like Ashley is with like Randy and Hudson. And Hudson's name is all over this tree because there's like you put your initials in the tree in the heart. Like, oh. Yeah. And it's like so so H-A-L like plus whoever. There's like just a lot of them. Um, <laughs> And he's just like, oh, that's that's not me. That's that's this guy Hal, right, Ashley? And Ashley's laughing, and she's like, mm, yeah, sure, Hudson, that's mm-hmm. Hal. And he's like, yeah, Hal, Hal, Hal's eighteen now, so he can't come to camp. So yeah, so he's no longer here. But yeah, that was Hal. Like Hal, Hal really got around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Randy knows this, and so Randy's trying to like, okay, sure. And so Hudson is trying to play it off, and it turns out. They kind of fall for each other a little bit. But in all that, Randy knows at some point he has to come clean, right? And I'm not going to spoil it by, like, all this stuff because there's a lot of situations. But, like, what you kind of get into is that Randy is okay with himself. And mm-hmm. he talks about other people. And he always says, well, if that's all you want to be, that's totally fine. But with looking at Hudson, he, there's some things that Hudson says that kind of, like, reveal some internalized homophobia. Okay. Like he doesn't do team sports anymore. You find out at one point because like the boys in the swim team thought that like if they swim in the pool, they'll also catch the gay from him. Um, yeah, stuff like that. And his parents aren't supportive either. Like I really hate Hudson's parents. And the more you learn, the more you're just like, oh, why are these people out there? But you know they're out there. Yes. Whereas Rainey's parents are always like, sweetie, you did such a good job. We don't understand this at all, but you did such a good job. Like they're just <laughs> so supportive of him. It's great. Like when his mom catches him wearing fingernail polish, she's like, oh. Well, I don't understand. Does it make you happy? And he's like, yeah. She's like, where all, like, let's, let's go get you some nail polish. Aww. Yeah. Like there's really supportive of him. So Randy's has had the privilege of having a supportive family, whereas Hudson hasn't. Hmm. And so hasn't, but Hudson's grandma, you find out was really instrumental in getting him to camp because when he came out, he came out to her first and she had passed away for his first year at camp and there's a really heartfelt moment that flashes back to four years earlier when it was randy and hudson and they're like middle schoolers and they're kind of together not together but like hudson's crying in his sleep because he misses his mom his grandma but you find out his grandma is the one that was like i wanted you to go to this camp because i found i want you to go out there and be like other like i want you to know there are other kids like you and that you can be who you need to be and not who you think you have to be beautiful Yes, so much so. And, um, and like she taught him how to do makeup and all this kind of stuff. So, but like his parents are very anti, you know, you have to be masculine. You have to do, you can't yes. do that. You can't, you know, like great only. Yeah. And so Hudson internalizes that. And so like he doesn't hang out with the drama cabin kids because like, no, like you don't, you know, you don't have to, to be like that. And, you know, and Randy as Dell is like, be like, what? And he's like, effeminate. And he's like, what if you are like what if that's just who you are and he's like i mean i guess but like you don't have to be a stereotype and randy's like taken aback because these are his best friends and he looks at george and george is fabulous yes (laughs) george is amazing and part of what makes george so great is george knows exactly who he is and he's living his best gay life but also one of the cool things that you find out, like, so that's kind of the main story, right? And then, But the other things that kind of fill in the story are all the friends, uh, between the friendships and whatnot, and all these other kids. So like, you get to know the kids in the drama cabin, because there's George and Ashley, and then there's um, Paz, who is um, Afro-Latinx, I think, mm-hmm. Afro-Brazilian-Latinx. Cool. She is interested in Ashley, and so that's a whole comedy of errors because Ashley has a crush on the straight lifeguard which is never going to work out for her 
And so also there's a lot of diversity in this casting too. So Hudson is Korean American. George is Middle Eastern. Jordan is non-binary, which is great because in the in the in the Broadway or not the they're doing Bye Bye Birdie this year. And so for their play, which I've never seen now, I should I'm like, I should probably now watch it, yeah. this. <laughs> right. When they're doing it, like Mark, the director, is like, no, Jordan. I see you after he cast them in the role. Like I see you as like a David Bowie, like 1970, like like Ziggy Stardust, like gender bending kind of. And Jordan's like, yeah, yeah, I'm really here for it. And then there's also one of the other camp counselors who does all the sports stuff is a former Olympian. Her name is Connie and um, she's black and she's also a trans woman. Cool. And so she came out after she had an injury and there's actually, she has a really great story where she tells Randy about, um, coming out and also understanding not being able to come out until um, her career was over because it would just, it just wasn't going to happen. And like where she was at in her life, like she couldn't, she needed to, she still needed her sponsorships. She still needed to compete kind of thing. But then also the liberation of when she had her leg injury and then she can be who she, she actually is. Yeah. And I don't really want to talk more about that context because there's a, there's a whole, Thing with whole her. thing to it okay. yeah so this this book has a lot of levels because it talks a lot about like what actually is masculinity and i mm-hmm. think that masculinity is often defined in this very like america like two-dimensional like white space that is um often pretty detrimental to, to just boys and young men in general um, mm-hmm. and i think this book kind of looks at that and also looks at it in gay culture because gay culture also has issues with things of like trying to be like the ultimate Adonis. There's a lot of eating disorders with gay men. I mean, it doesn't get into that, but there is an emphasis that they have to go to every single meal. Okay. Um, and if you miss a meal, they will come find you. Okay. He never talks about it, but I'm like, oh, I, I think from the adult perspective, this is because there are probably kids that have eating disorders, you know, just dealing with trauma or internalizing stuff or whatever we have this this show that goes on right so we have all the drama kids and then like mark is their camp counselor is also the drama guy and crystal and they're they are the counselors in the drama cabin um and so like he wakes them up every morning with like some type of song or show tune and then you get a history lesson it's kind of fun because you get all this like queer backstory history beautiful that you wouldn't normally find and it's funny because randy's like but we're never really listening because we're not actually awake yet yeah it's kind of cute too because it, it, there's so much in this book that I could see as very much like a Netflix rom-com mm-hmm. and there are situations where like where um, they're playing a song in the drop-in cabin and all of a sudden the kids just start making up dances and a couple of them will get in sync and then like you know they're doing a whole show oh because <laughs> at one point like, he's playing it's in his kiss the from but it's the share version from mermaids okay so they're all like doing like jazz hands and like hand motions and like dancing <laughs> At one point, he's got, you know, Randy has a sheet and he's like making it be wings. Oh. And it's just like, it's super fun. And it has like a lot of cinematic moments like that that I can see this. Like, you know, we have Love Simon that was okay ish. Um, yeah. But I want a movie like Camp to just kind of blow the doors off the hinge and like with a big explosion of sparkles and glitter. But also, there's also, there's so much representation in this book too, because there's also another kid who you find out like you meet later on in the book and she's like the seamstress. Like she does all the costuming for the show and she mm-hmm. hangs out mostly in the arts and crafts cabin. Uh, but she ends up doing like all of the, she makes, uh, Oh, what do you call it? It's like a onesie, but like with short romper. Yes. She makes rompers for all of the kids on color wars. that are the captains <laughs> for the year. Talent. Yes. And she just like, wow. she just like whips them out like overnight and gives them to each one of them. And they're like perfectly sized. Cause she just does it all, all the time, but she's ace. They talk about how like she sometimes can be a little prickly because some of the kids are like, oh, you're not really gay. You're just ace. And she's just like, no, mm-hmm. I deserve to be here too. I am part of the acronym. And like, he kind of like, we'll talk about these things in these little moments where like, if you're not paying attention, you can kind of miss it. Mm-hmm. But there's so much kind of like interwoven and there's also gay history classes. And it's kind of cool too, because he doesn't talk about like when the book, they don't talk about the Stonewall riots. I mean, they do talk about Stonewall riots, but okay. they talk about other things that most queer kids may not know about. Like Chain Society and some of like the first like openly trans people and just all the stuff they had to go through. So I appreciate that he's woven all of this into this because the, the what you're getting is that the adults that run this camp create so much intention to let these kids know who they are um, and let them have the experience to be who they are. 
but mm. also show us like where we have been as queer people. Um, it's so good. Also, every time I saw the main camp director, like she's seen as humorless. So I just had Jean Garofalo from Wet Hot American Summer in my head. Like, <laughs> don't do that. Stop running. I love it. Like, no, that's great. Good job. Yeah. Like an enthusiastic thumbs thumbs up. So, yeah. So this one for me, I just really liked it. Also, like the whole idea of Randy learning that with his whole like farce of being masculine. He actually learns there are some sports stuff that he likes that he he just always thought it wasn't for him. So it actually kind of pushes him out of his comfort zone. And so he actually kind of becomes, finds out he's more than what he thought he was. And there's some things that he's totally fine to just like let by go by the side of the road. Like he's like, oh, I'm saying, well, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but like, you know, there's a lot of other things he's like, oh, actually, I'm good at these things. I didn't realize it. So it's kind of cool. So he has some self-discovery and then Hudson he will have some self-discovery at some point, but I don't want to get too into it because I want you to read no the No spoilers. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll go on his own journey, which I hopefully is a beautiful butterfly journey of acceptance. Yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers. But yeah, and also, like I said, the friends like Ashley and George are so great because they're supportive, but also critical at the right times of like, well, let's be realistic about this, Randy. Um, like, they're, yeah. and they're very supportive. Like there's something that bad happens at one point and Ashley... Like they take, they have, there's a point in camp where like you get to take underwater pictures oh. with like old disposable cameras and <laughs> they get the pictures back. He and Hudson have had an argument and he knows that and they're, they're having like a huge spat. And so he's just like, mm, no, Hudson. And so Ashley just like takes the photos and she's like, I have them in my bunk. I will let you look at them when I think you're ready. And that's good friendship right there. That's saying like, hey, you don't need to see this. Like, you're fine. Like, we support yeah. you. Um, and there's also some things ha that happen where there's like some homophobic language that comes up and Ashley's like, just jumps up and he's like, I'm going to go kick his ass. And like, he's like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Okay. And George also is just like, he's going to, you know, this person's going to find out what a manicure looks like to the face. <laughs> so it was like, like, they're very good supportive friends. But they also were just like, they, it sounds weird to say they're supporting him in this weird Cyrano de Bergiac, like if I change myself and I have all these like words, like it'll work, right? I mean, how yeah. many rom-coms, how many straight rom-coms are based on this one thing? If I change exactly. myself, she will like me. If I change myself, he will like me, right? Yes. Um, so there's this great scene where he has these, um, he has a whole new wardrobe, right? Because he's trying to be the broiest of possible, but he's still mm -hmm. Randy underneath Dell. And That's so like he thing. has matched his shoes to his swimsuit. And um, Ashley just looks at him and she's like, you can't go out like that. And he's just like, oh. like, what? Like, what? This is fun. I have this swimsuit in like four different colors. Um, and she's like, no, you look like a gay person who is fabulous trying to cosplay as a pro. Beautiful thought, like imagery there. Yeah. Yes. She's like, and I'm paraphrasing. She's like, but you're doing it like the camp version of it and not like summer <laughs> camp, like campy. Like he's, yes. like you're trying to play a, a, like a straight camp campy person um, yes. because right now you look like James Bond from the Sean Connery films. Um, <laughs> then that's what his, his, his little, his little shorts look like. So they're just like, they help him. And then all of a sudden it turns into a fashion show because they're the drama kids. <laughs> Montage. I in the film, I want to see the montage of like. Well, someone actually does like puts on music and yells montage. Ah, I love it. Call it out. I Acknowledge know. it. And so, part of this, I mean, if, when you read this book, you're going to be like, Mary, this book is so over the top. And I'm like, yeah, and that's great. It is so yes. over the top in the best possible way, but it also has a lot of heartfelt moments. Like, yeah. Randy believes that we're all made of stars on the inside, and Hudson <laughs> makes him feel like he's full of galaxies. Like, oh. yeah. So it's just, there's a lot of star metaphors that I really appreciate. So yeah, and I think, I, I like this book if you're looking for like a great queer read. So if you are ace and you are sex repulsive on the ace scale, this book is not for you. Because these kids do talk about getting laid a lot or <laughs> like making out. Like they are very horny. And not all of them are, but like in his friend group they are. And that's the yes. other thing, like it's kind of like when you talk about Harry Potter. It's Harry and his friend group. The same thing with Randy. There are other kids at camp. Like, yes. Lev Rosen could do a whole another book on a whole other subgroup of kids at this camp if he wanted to mm. create a series. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of them. Uh, so there is uh, there is there is a scene where Hudson and um, Randy actually do have sex. At the same time, like it's pretty explicit, but I wouldn't say it's over the top. 
it's one of those books that when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the Robin Talley book that I can't remember the title of off the top of my head, which also has lesbian sex in it, but it's, it's also demonstrating what safe sex looks like in queer communities. Okay. This is also a very sex positive camp. Like if you go to the nurse. Is it pulp? No, it wasn't pulp. I haven't read pulp all the way through. Okay. I can't remember the name of it, but I appreciate that, 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 I can't remember which Robin Talley book it was. It wasn't my favorite of hers, but I still appreciate it because of she showed that scene. And that's not always so shown. And this is a very sex positive book. The camp is like, yeah, you guys are probably going to have sex at some point. So here's condoms and here's loot. Okay. And it's like, we will talk about safe practices. And they do. So I just want to put that out there. Was it the book you book talked before on the podcast? No, it wasn't. It's I've never book talked this book. Trust me. I'm just saying like those types of books, like occasionally yes. you get like what queer sex looks like. And I don't think that's a bad thing to have in a YA book. Um, no. Because also like it's of that age. If you are a person that is thinking about it, you're thinking about it. It is a whole thing. And it's also part of the summer camp trope too, right? It's normal. Yeah. Making out behind the cabinet and whatnot. There is a makeout rock in this one, the one that I read, that you have a match. Right? And then it's great when you go there and it's already occupied and you have a conversation. You're like, okay, who gets the makeout rock rights? Right? So in this book, it's the peanut butter pit. <laughs> that sounds sticky. No, there's an obstacle course. And the last thing. <laughs> it doesn't obstacle- sound less sticky. <laughs> I know. The obstacle course, the last thing in the obstacle course is actually, it's a rope swing. So you have to swing over this pit. And in the bottom of the pit is a bunch of like gym like gymnast mats so like okay. people die and it's and there's actually no peanut butter it's just one of those camp things it's just called the peanut butter pit but that's where like if you want to like you have to be in your cabin and if you get caught outside of your cabin you will be sent home so you better mm-hmm. be about it but like um, yeah kids will sneak off to the peanut butter pit to do things so i think i'll keep giggling every time you say peanut butter pit it's hilarious but that, those are our two summer camp books, and there's a ton of other oh, summer there's camp. So many more. There's there's like six summer camp graphic novels, like Be Prepared, and then there's also Camp Spirit. Uh, there's Honor Girl. Uh, there's also that other one, As the Crow Flies, I believe. Um, Ooh, I literally had those queued up to mention because I was like, I have to mention this. No, because there's a thing about summer camp, and whether it's Boy Scout or Girl Scout, like an Honor Girl Girl Scout camp, and it just it's a thing. I like Flamer was an awesome one. Um, oh, that's right. That, I haven't read that one yet, but you have. Oh no, you're you're gonna love that one. That one is a Boy Scout camp. It's very um, a quick read, though it's a thick read, uh, but it's it's really good. Um, that one, Flamer, is by Mike Curato, which I first heard about at last year in like May 2020 at like the virtual book expo, like book buzz kind of thing. I'm glad I read it. It has a great cover of like literally he's in the flames and just kind of holding up the three fingers. It is amazing. I love Camp Spirit. And the book I almost did today was Secrets of Camp Whatever, which did feature a deaf main character. And I would have done it, but it kept being checked out because my kids love the LGBTQ graphic novels. So I was like, I love that you love it. So that's a fun one to check out. Yeah. And a lot of the camp ones I feel like are LGBTQ. Yes. IA plus. Yeah. I actually just finished the book I wanted to talk about, but then I was like, no, I need to talk about this book because it's more important to talk. I don't want, I just, I'm, like I said, I'm afraid people have missed this book because it came out yes. closed. It um, came out at the worst time. It did. Um, but Box in the Woods, the new Truly Devious book just came out. Um, yes. It's not really a tat. Like, so if you wanted to read it um, as a, and you haven't read Truly Devious, you totally can okay. because it doesn't connect to the, the, the trilogy. Um, it's a standalone, but it's, it's super good. It takes on the 1970s in a summer camp horror slasher trope. There's mm-hmm. a cold case. Stevie and her friends have been brought in to try and solve the cold case. There's a like a internet tycoon who's created a subscription uh, company called Boxbox, where they, you get boxes every month and they're they're curated boxes though but he bought the summer camp but he only bought it because he wants to do a podcast about the murder which is the box in the woods is what it's called it uh takes place i think in like it's like over in like new york state or like massachusetts i don't know anyway somewhere out in the middle of the woods <laughs> where nobody goes uh but yeah so that one was really good that one just came out i was like 
unsure where it was going at one point, but Maureen Johnson is very good at tying up all the loose ends. She is. In like an Agatha Christie kind of way. There's like mon the monologue at the end. I'm like, I'm here for the monologue. It's so good. But yeah, there's also other summer camp books. Like there's that one that is a take on, uh, it's a Shakespeare play. What is it? I can see the cover. It's like two girls holding hands. It's an LGBT one and they have friendship bracelets. Nothing Happens by Molly Booth. Okay. No, I hadn't heard of that one. Oh, you haven't? It came out a couple of years ago. No. Yeah. So it's, uh, let's see. The a modern retelling of Much Ado About Nothing. Cool. So, yeah. And there's, there's tons of things. Like, there's also um, Percy Jackson, the Ultimate Summer Camp series. That, that just is a summer, summer vibe, of which all of mine are like checked out. I have to buy extra copies and there's a weird, I, I have to say I, my favorite thing I got in my, in my mending and I'll read it to you is that I got a post-it note on a Percy Jackson book that says a patron complained there are boogers inside. Please remove book from collection because of condition. And if that's not the most Percy Jackson fan post-it note ever, <laughs> it's like there's, and there was, there was massive boogers in the book. Oh, like I was worried. Like you should go see a doctor, whoever did that one, multiple spots. But like, yeah, oh, Percy yeah. Jackson is is summer camp. Like, and it's oh, this summer, that summer, and that's you know, it's that fun aspect of summer camp books that you could possibly not see these people for almost a year. They kind of got over that, and once they went on missions. But the whole fact of like this year, this summer, who are you going to be? And as you get older, and so summer campy, I love it. Well, yeah, I remember I went to summer camp, and I was cool at summer camp. Oh, were, oh, you were cool only at summer camp or you were cool all the time? Oh, no, only at summer camp. I was not cool at school. Oh. I also told, like, the worst story I realized about the, the creative baking. Because the other one that was really good is we had a, a, a legend of Big Red, who was a lumberjack, who, like, okay. if you were out after dark, would, like, yeah. take you back to his workshop and, like, saw you up with his saws. Of course. Yes. And my dad is six foot seven and a half, and he was a redhead with a beard. And so my brother, his last year, got my dad to come up <laughs> when he was telling the horror story at camp out that year. And my dad, like, ran out of the woods at the end of it screaming with an axe. <laughs> and, like, yeah. So there's a rumor that the Richardson kids are the reason why you are not allowed to tell ghost stories at Camp Listen. It's actually not us. It was the kid. It was somebody the next year. Because one of the things my brother did is after my dad ran out of the woods in, like, a flannel shirt and like you know duck boots and everything big bread yeah it, which is funny because that was his basketball nickname my dad hung out for like a, an hour or so and like made some more with the kids and like talked to everybody and so everybody was fine <laughs> like everyone oh it's just a, it was just a story oh it's mr okay. richardson bobby's dad i was like yeah all right so that actually is probably our best story because spooky stories are also part of the deal they are. Well, I have to say my lamest cool kid moment at camp was when I was a camp counselor in training. So I wasn't a full counselor powers, but I had a hot minute. But I had, of course, the scary stories to tell in the dark by like Schwartz. Well, yeah. like the OG original drawings. I had book one, two, and three. And I remember, and I was with the kids that were like eight, nine, maybe 10. The perfect age. So we actually got in trouble because I had a group of like four kids that didn't want to go swimming that day. And they were like, no, they said, Marissa, we want to read the scary story. So we were like found in like a tent, like, oh, I didn't think this was bad. They were like, uh, no. So that was my bad, my most bad boy moment ever. Of, we read scary stories to tell in the dark in a tent. This is like such like early librarian vibes though. <laughs> it is. I, know, I think of it now and I'm like, oh my God, that's so lame. But, I, but it was really cool. And that's part of the fun is you could read scary stories to tell in the dark. But it's even more fun when you have like that collective audience and you're at camp and the adults aren't around and it's kind of, it's, and it could be real, you know, that it was a mood. Yeah, no, I get it. One of my favorite pictures of my brother from that time period, he's telling a story at Camp Listen and someone got this picture in black and white and there's a huge bonfire and he had this staff that they called me, sarcastically called the Gandalf stick. Yeah. And he had it at camp and he's telling a story and he's like, his arms are out and like he's just like he's in the zone and it's just yeah. it's like the most like Robbie picture of all times. I love it so much because it's like and all the kids are like, whoa. <laughs> but he actually told a story that I know is not true. But like if I think about it too much in the middle of the night, it freaks me out. Okay. I love it. <laughs> After hours.
Yeah, so I don't think anything is interesting has happened in book world since we last recorded. Really. No, ALA happened, American Library Association. It was hard. They tried their best, but it was virtual and it wouldn't be the same as going in person. And that made me sad. I think the book world is quiet. I think we are all in the midst of summer reading hecticness. I hope so. I know I, I have so. been fielding a lot of questions for people that are like, I don't like this book, but why I like this book? trying to help them find things so i am so excited to be like deep dive um readers advisoring so many people that i haven't seen in so long are coming in and they're like i now have time to read i want to read please tell me book to read and then so i'm just like okay how many do you want five ten are we limited they're like how many can i take i'm like there's no limit just what you can carry yeah and so it's fun to go deep into it i'm super hyped because at some point graphic novels that I've ordered will come in that yes and your you know that's footprint. my thing it is your thing yeah and like I don't have enough space in the new section probably for that no I don't I have a separate display the display is not big enough it's how it's how Mary do you'll find a creative solution you'll I, I will way. and also I've had some questions about like can I create a brochure for like older teen reads not just mm -hmm. like middle grade or the yeah. tween stuff and so I've got to work on that but there's not enough hours in the day sometimes <laughs> Oh, there is not. Oh my goodness. There's so, a, oh. I'll, I'll get to it. And like, I've been, I've had some great interactions with kids. So I'm super excited that they're coming in. And it's also me just trying to learn this new community because I know what works in my old library and it's mm -hmm. all the same. I'm already hyping you up. To, I'm like, if a Simsbury person comes, I'm like, oh, have you met the new teen librarian? Mary, she's super cool. Go introduce yourself. She's so cool. I'm like, you're going to love it. Because I have a lot of kids coming from your town over to my town because Simsbury has to read a, a high school dump nominee or so they are coming here. I'm like, great. I just changed my display, so I'm excited. And then on my new one that I have to make a sign for, because right now it could be a little undescript. It's like a try it. There's three sides. So I'm like, crime, mystery, murder. And so I, I'm asking my coworkers, guess which side's which? And they're like, ah. I was <laughs> going to do one called Sus, where it's, it's murder mysteries. And I was going to do like an Among Us graphic, but I don't know yes. if that's like too played out now or not. No, but like, not? It's who, be summer, it's fresh. Who doesn't try. like a murder mystery? So anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Book Jam. You just got jammed. You just got jammed. You just got jammed.